You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 298th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in sunny and muggy Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in rainy. I couldn't ride today. That's my excuse. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in beautiful, temperate Boston, Massachusetts, where, guys, my legs are pretty sore. I don't know how you're feeling, but mm. things over here kind of rough. I am feeling mint. Fresh. Nothing is wrong with me. <laughs> So <laughs> who's going to crack first? <laughs> so let's get into it. Yeah. Um, there, there's never have I been so excited about the slow ride podcast. than I am right now because of the idiotic idea that little guy had a few weeks ago to yeah. do this Everesting challenge. Uh-huh. Now I admit, I assumed Spencer would not do any, like he'd just be like, this is dumb. Like d- totally on me. Spencer came out and is riding his bike a very consistent every other day. 1700 feet you got to get to like twenty nine thousand feet little guy kind of consistent 400 500 here and there a couple big rides every day Justin. i'm every day and I, I, I and i did a ride and i did a ride <laughs> where it was like 18 miles just around the hood just to get the legs going just for fun i come home and i uploaded and i believe that the the amount of um elevation that i did Nine, was like five feet. Yeah, like something super small. Embarrassing. Embarrassingly but small. But on par. Like, oh. like I was like, yes, this is how this is going to go. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's that's how that was. I I was thinking too. But um, I did have a five thousand foot day. I tested out the legs out in Claremont. Mm-hmm. Took some time off. Spencer, meanwhile, was just chirping away, chip chipping away yeah. mm-hmm. at the total. Kind of taking it to little guy a little bit. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. uh I just had to, I, I had to put, I had to stake my claim. Tim, you took like a week off. That's, that's what I don't understand your strategy here is you took like a full well, five days and did. Nah. I do work. Well, it lulled me into so, complacency because I was so just doing little days. And now for me to get Everest elevation uh-huh. that matters, uh-huh. I have to drive 30 minutes one way to the lovely suburban sprawl town of Claremont florida it's 30 minute drive one way so it's kind of hard for me to go during the work week unless i go really early in the morning you guys know me that ain't happening yeah and then so on friday morning i wake up and i'm like oh i can go do a ride early in the morning i get up at like 6 a.m and i'm like i'll just leave for my house i'll go to the northern part of orlando i came back 44 mile ride 550 feet i was like oh my god yeah. like <laughs> there's not there's no way i can't even get a thousand out of my house yeah yeah so Saturday I had to throw down and I did my, the most climbing I've ever done in my life. 10,125 feet. I did 32 laps <laughs> of a one way road. Jesus, uh. It's about seven to eight minutes a lap and you get 250 feet per lap. It's painful. Ugh. It was very painful. The neighbors really love me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got to admit my favorite part though, 
was for about 30 of those laps, there was this dog at the end that would just run along the fence with me until yeah. we get to the end, and then he'd wait for me to run back, and it was to ride back. It was awesome. So <laughs> I thought I had it. I thought I thought I I thought I staked my claim then. Well, I thought that yeah. I raised my flag, and I said, "This is mine, boys." Uh-huh. And then Spencer today. It's kind of keeping it consistent. Kind of doubles it up a little bit. You know, two big days. Pretty big days. Yeah, you keep saying this word consistent, but when I look at my numbers, I see steady build. And I I don't know if you notice this, but uh, it went from every other day to every day, and in and the the feet, the elevation is climbing Mm -hmm. every single day. My my question is, can that last? That's my qu- my. I hope it doesn't last because I have to work. It is my question like as well. So we shall see. But you so. guys, the exciting part for me is that I have yet to be more than about a thirty-minute ride at maximum distance away from my house. Mm-hmm. Like so this you can ride, blow up at any moment. Like if I suffered a, a mechanical catastrophe, which could happen. It's a new bike. It could happen. I I am only. A, a, a five mile drive away from my house like so uh you know i don't you have get, to you get your b bike i don't have to go to another state another county or whatever to find the one hill that's uh, uh that's around yeah oh uh, spencer i i have to make a pit stop every time at my car after like because i have to go into the car and the car is just like horribly hot so like the water that i have is kind of cold at that oh. point because my coolers just going to haywire um spencer now you did get a new bike yeah has it you guys have seen my moots. I haven't really seen pictures of the new bike. And little guy, I don't know if you have, but mm-hmm. I think we need to ask the obvious. Uh-huh. Is there a battery in it? There is a battery in it. Mm. Not for the DI2 shifting. Oh. There's, for your motor. There's, is there a motor? Because Spencer's... There's no motor, but there is a battery. So you figure that one out. So currently the totals are little guy is at 10,500 feet. Spencer's at 15,500 and I am at 19,200. Oh, gosh, I have 9,800 feet to go. So Spencer, I feel like Tim sold us a bag of goods on this oh, one. Cause when, absolutely. The, when I this, proposed this, Tim put up the biggest stink. I can't do it. I can't even, I, there's no way you guys, I can't my, do it. My entire it, year last year, I only did yeah, 31,000. Like there's no way it just sort of, lulling us into giving him more extra time yeah. too which i feel like at this point he shouldn't be allowed any extra time i know i'm giving you guys extra time okay <laughs> tim <laughs> has this is what i see is that for the last 10 years in orlando tim has been selling us on that there's no hills at all and so that he doesn't have to do rides that include hills he can just do he is on the full chippo plan like yeah. he will not hit a hill at all. He will drop out of the Tour de France before the mountains start. This, this is the Tim that I have been told uh, exists. And all of a sudden, once there's not even any money on the line, <laughs> everything changes. Everything well, it's, changes. You know, it's, it's called opening extreme, boys. I don't know if you ever taken a negotiation course, but you really got to come out there a little, a little hot, a little open extreme. Yeah, really get people uh, thinking you can't do it. You know, I even even give him a throwaway. Oh, can I get more time? And you guys were like, "Sure, Tim. How much extra time?" And I'm like, "Oh, at least a month." Yeah. And you're like, "All right, for sure, we'll give you an extra month." And then you guys start looking at my numbers. Tim hasn't ridden his bike in six days. Oh, 14 feet. That's fine. Wait, where did this 5,000 feet come two weeks ago? And then yeah. 10,000 feet on Saturday. Now, little guy, you did note that 
I did some Instagram live. I tend not to do this on a ride, but I had the feeling I looked miserable. Oh, you look bad. And you I absolutely mad. felt. <laughs> yeah, I, I I took a little solace from the fact that you looked like you're in so much pain. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something, guys. If you really want to get out of a pandemic household, really get out there and just kind of live life. Just go to the same two mile stretch of road and just run it back and forth, back and yeah. forth thirty two times. So I've done, I've been doing hill repeats, but um, I've, at least I've been in kind of, I've been like along the river. I've been either in Tangletown or in Prospect Park, two of the more lovelier mm-hmm. neighborhoods of Minneapolis. Um, you know, it, I've got stuff to look at. I'm yeah. riding up to water towers. At least I don't know what you're looking well, at, Tim. I am looking at some great tract housing. Um, there's some nice stone entrances to cul-de-sacs, but here's the difference. I think so. Spencer's got some legit climbs. You look on his Strava. There's some that are categorized like four. Like Spencer's going up some steep grades. I have climbs that I'm hitting that have like some 10, 12 percent pitches, maybe, but it's a lot of three yeah. percent, and then it's just a quick roller back. And I think that that may be the way you have to do it in Florida. Um, seems to be spencer are you getting a lot of downhills into a climb or is it like turning left and then straight up like do you have a climb that you're hitting most of the time uh i don't know if you've really been around massachusetts but there aren't really streets that go straight so there is no running <laughs> into anything it mm-hmm. is always like ah oh, n- not even 90 degree corner like 120 degree corner into a steep uphill it sucks it's the worst um but um, he- i'm making do I'm yeah, you're doing a good job. Now, you know, little guy, I, I, little, I guess little guy's the only climbing that we all know, and he's mm-hmm. doing some definitely some hauls he's, up from like yeah, he's doing 94 up Franklin Ave. Is classic repeats, beast. classic repeats. I used to do these yeah. all the time. I hated them then. I know the pain that he is going through. <laughs> uh, uh, it's been kind of nice in a way because I haven't done these. I haven't certainly gone out and done on road hill repeats for you know like seven years or something. So. Yeah. Um, so let it's me ask. Sort of bringing me back. Yeah. How How are you guys going to feel when someone in Florida beats you on an Everest challenge? I'm going to be mean, annoyed. I'm going to. I mean, <laughs> we'll see if I ever find out what that yeah. feels like. It's going to be a couple of years. I, I mean, Grant, granted, I'm in a little bit of a dilemma. I'm in a little bit of a dilemma that I I have to work. Yeah. You have to work, and how much? How much? How much and it's goodwill. like ninety seven percent humidity. Yeah, right how much goodwill have you 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 used up with 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 Sarah oh. at this point? Oh, because Sarah, the real champion the real of this. Champion. Yeah, Sarah's <laughs> the real champion here. At yeah, home I, with two children all day while you're out doing hill repeats in the suburbs. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent selfish what I'm doing. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I owe a lot to Sarah. Anybody that's had two children that just deposits them to their loved one. <laughs> Is a selfish yeah. person. Because they do so, hell repeats to beat their friends on the other side of the country. Yeah. Oh, ruthlessly beat the friends. I mean, this is like, uh, I need ruthlessly, to win. Ruthlessly, ruthlessly. Okay. So, little guy, the thing the thing that I take solace in, uh, even with Tim's big 10,000 foot day, is that even if he did that again, he's not quite there. Like, and, and I don't think... He's, he's got to really, him to do it again. Wait, what, no, I think he's at I'm 19. There. I think he's actually one of those big days away, but I don't think I, that was what? How I'm many? Nine, six hours? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Six hours. I'm 9,830 feet away. Essentially, little guy, we've got till Saturday is what this well, means. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope I hope we have at least till next I, next week. I, I will say, like, I th- I'm going to be out of town this weekend. I think, I think you guys total coll- you guys should be worried because at least both of you and I know Tim was riding the most. Like it's not a it's not a big deal for him to crack out 90 miles. It is a big deal to crack out 10,000 feet of climbing. <laughs> for me, yeah. on the other hand, I have not done a training ride in probably two years. So. <laughs> yeah, the oh, fact I, that I am not far off from Tim, really, in the grand scheme, should have you guys really concerned. Well, concern slash uh, waiting for you to crack. Okay. I, I do feel like we're in the third week of a grand tour, and mm-hmm. and you are a rider, maybe coming back from injury, and we're all like, yeah, you know, he used to be good, so, but like, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't done anything in a couple of years. He's gonna blow up. Uh-huh. I'm finding solace in that this is the replacement for our dirty Kansas. Oh yeah, oh, which yeah. was going to be I think next week. Yeah, right. So it's crazy. Now, it's amazing that we're not going to be there, um, Spencer. I, I am completely shocked that you're riding this much. It's I'm stoked beyond belief that you are. When I saw that you threw down four thousand feet today, yeah, I definitely had a sigh of disgust. <laughs> I was like, oh no. He didn't. He didn't. He see my ten thousand foot day yesterday. <laughs> didn't didn't he see that? Then he does four thousand feet, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Now, forty four hundred. Here's my here's my question to you guys. Uh huh. Did Phil Guyman have that kind of disgust when he saw Keegan Swenson beat his time by ten minutes in the Everest World Championships yeah. or the world record? Well, this so Guyman about a week ago. Did it in seven hours, 52 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then Keegan Swenson at altitude in Park City does seven hours, 42 minutes. Now, a couple caveats here real quick. One, Cycling News covered Guyman's thing. And then Keegan Swenson got covered by Vela News, Cycling News. So obviously there's no bike racing to talk about. Yeah. Oh, except, obviously, yeah. Except board pros going to climb no, 29,000 I mean, uh, feet. Little guy really set a precedent a few weeks ago when he when he made Everest Challenge the thing. Uh, yeah. And it looks like the pros have really taken the taken heed to his call. And uh, really, yeah, this, I knew it was popular, this, but I didn't know it was going to blow up this much in the middle of our silly, silly I mean, Everest Challenge. <laughs> can I just say it's hilarious that Keegan Swenson beat Guyman within a week of Guyman getting it? And like I tweeted, he didn't mm-hmm. even get the one. He didn't even get to put his YouTube video up about his world record before his world record was gone. It's like it didn't exist. <laughs> it's true. It's pretty. Uh, Shout out know. to my friend Ryan for helping me come up. Workshop that joke. It was great. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But I mean, at this point, I kind of imagine some more pros are going to take stabs at it. Might see it falling mm-hmm. more. So what's the what's the method to go do like if if you were living in a mountain, is it just like how many feet is the ideal amount that you can just turn around and go like, cause you don't want to just do an Alp Duez what four times. Oh well, no, it wasn't right. So I forget Keegan's was long. He was doing longer climbs than Guyman was. Guyman was doing shorter and then like a one minute descent. I think Guyman was doing like seven, eight minutes up minute down. I feel like Keegan was doing a little bit longer climb and then back. I don't know what's ideal, you know, steep, I guess those steep. I don't know what you guys, Spencer, you have steep climbs. Yeah. My thing is that my, my climbs are short and steep, you know? So it's like from the Creek up to the water tower in Tangletown and it might level off in the middle for a second, but the rest of it, I'm out of the saddle 
but I can only do that so many times before I right. blow myself up. That's the you thing. You, you get those elevation feet quick, but you can only get so many before uh, yeah, the matches you know, are burned. It's like, I'm like, this is great. This is the climb to get the most feet in the amount of time I have, too. If it's like, I got an hour and 20 to go out and knock this out. But then I'm like... I'm blowing myself up. <laughs> yeah, I'd love. I, I mean, I'd love to share with you guys the winning strategy, uh, but I just can't. Not do Not till it. next week, right? Yeah, no, you're gonna have to week. wait till the next pod. Yeah. All right. I will tell you guys. I um uh I looked at one of the Strava segments on where I where I was doing the climb, and I and I I got like fifth place on the descent, so I was like going up, and then I would just turn right back down. Yeah. And there's a Strava segment up and down, yeah. and I got fifth on the descent just doing it while i was doing it so now i definitely have to go back <laughs> on a dry day yeah. and just and take that because i wasn't really trying i wasn't pedaling i literally just like turned around and coasted down it but just didn't touch my brakes yeah um so that will be at least the one strava segment i can maybe nab so Sounds my good. road has a lot of strava segments i'm just calling it my road i'm the mayor of the road <laughs> yeah well yeah are you, would you guys be shocked to know that I am not even in the top fifty of any KOMs on descents, no, or ascents, <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. So, anyway, well, boys, I, I I will, you know, I do want to let you guys in on one little uh, pro tip here, and I don't think this will apply to you guys as uh, Everest challenge. So, I got a little bit of a um, ace in the pocket here, where I went to find my uh, my perfect hill route around uh, the Boston area, north of Boston here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to the old MIT cycling page. Uh, they have a team, a cycling team, and they've got a bunch of routes on their page that haven't been updated probably <laughs> uh, eight, eight years or something. But uh, I don't know who made that page, but it's great. And they've got these nerds definitely found the <laughs> hilliest route that you could do in a short amount of time. So I've got MIT. That was It was someone's thesis. Yeah, yeah, I've got MIT on my side doing the crunching the numbers here, getting me the elevation I need. So, uh, you know, you guys Dang. should be a little more concerned than uh, you're acting. I, I know I'm concerned, Spencer. I'm uh, I'm definitely concerned. Your, your numbers have been taken up, but I uh, you're going to blow up. That's my, that's my hope. <laughs> Here's, I have a question for you guys. So I've been doing these hill repeats, and I go down – and I uh-huh. I always swing a, a UE to the left. And I realized as I was doing this, one, it's mm-hmm. because I'm in America, right on the right side of the road. So you got to swing a U-turn to the left. But I'm just more comfortable turning left. Uh, and I don't know if that's because of U-turns and like doing them in my cul-de-sac as a kid. Could be. Are you, how, do you, how do you guys feel? Do you, are you more comfortable one direction than the other, turning, just generally? Well, well, I'm a horrible at turning any. <laughs> no, I know, but like, but do I, you I feel do better left. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, f- I, I wouldn't have thought so, but now that you mention it, I feel like, yeah, it's got to be easier going left. And I'm wondering if that's anything to do with the drive train side, not being, you know, yeah. left or whatever, or if it's just in ingrained in us from years of racing at the track. Yeah, like track a lot of. Cr- I was trying to think about all the crits we did, and like some went both ways. But yeah, I I can go both directions. But I was thinking too, if I was going to do a cool skid stop, like on my mountain bike, uh-huh. I would definitely do it to the left. Yeah, kick it left. Yeah. I I have the feeling now the next time I turn right, I'm going to crash. Yeah, I'm be overthinking like, well, I'm not good at it. Well, well, do you? So do you guys think the Brits? This is why I'm wondering. Do the Brits? Oh. Maybe our UK listeners can get in on this. Do they? Are they more comfortable? 
generally turning to the right. Now, because they were on the left side of the road, and if they're doing hill repeats, they're going to swing the other way. Okay, UK listeners, listen here. Are you more comfortable turning to the right or the left? <laughs> this is important. And also, there, are the, uh, are the Dutch tall? go the other way? Doing what? Do their velodromes go <laughs> to the right? No. <laughs> no, just in Australia. Uh, just in Australia. Got it. Wouldn't that, that make sense? No. Terrifying if some countries did velodromes the opposite way. And as a track rider, depending oh. upon where the, the event was, you would just have to go the other way. It would be terrible. I, I did one backwards <laughs> lap on the track, and it was enough to make me oh. never want to do it again in my yeah. life. Yeah, that was always the best thing last night of the year, do a backwards lap. So scary. <laughs> so scary. The, so the last night of the velodrome that I was at, we did the track stand competition, and uh, then the one-lap sprint, as we always did, like whoever was standing after a minute or whatever, they blow the whistle, do a one-lap sprint, and we did it backwards. Oh, that's terrible. And so there was like a four or five-up sprint full on get full gas like this is the track this is you know um it's the last night man like full gas backwards Ah. i have i was watching it and i haven't been that scared watching a bike race in a long long time very scary anyway well boys i am excited about our challenge i look forward to seeing how that's going we are at episode 298 of the slow ride podcast that means we're just two short episodes away from episode 300, the big blowout. Super stoked on that. And one of the things that we're going to be bringing to the table are some limited edition t-shirts. And mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this up um, before we get to the pre-lap because we're going to have three different shirts that we're going to be talking about. And keep your eyes out on our social media feeds, the Slow Ride Pod. And uh, Spencer, who's going to be helping coordinate the shipping, are we going to be able to get these over to... Uh, Europe land? Oh, yeah. Of course. All right. We'll so, turn right to get there. 300 episodes in. We've got some great things in the docket, so just keep an eye out for those. Yeah. And then that leads us into this next segment of where is Chris Froome going to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is what we've been reduced to. I mean, this would probably be a story uh, it would within be. cycling anyway, but I don't know if it's one that we would talk about. Um, but <laughs> since there's nothing else going on, what's Froome going to do, you guys? <laughs> well, I hope he goes to Movistar um, for <laughs> obvious reasons. Just because it'd be awesome. Yeah. Now, Spencer had the idea that he is actually going to go to Brain McLaren Mm -hmm. because that's where Miguel Landa is. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Landa needs to play second fiddle. He needs to come in as a leader and then get bumped down. And uh, that is just how karma works for him. So, little guy, where would you put Chris from? Man, I don't know. Uh, This Israeli cycling team thing that's kind of floating about, that works for me. Huh. I, I, it kind of makes sense, right? Like it, it would make a little sense for the the last his last big ticket contract. Mm-hmm. You know, he's looking at his numbers. He's out there wakeboarding in Miami. First uh-huh. reported on the. He says he wants to ride for four more years. So I I wonder what yeah, kind of Tom Brady also wants to play for three more years, and he's not in New England anymore. Well, but I I wonder. You know, yeah, Froome's going to probably get that contract if he wants it. You know, like whatever yeah. team's going to sign him, he's just he's going to probably name his years, he, and they're going to have. Remember, to live Joe Montana that. played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I do remember yeah. that. Chris Froome is going to go somewhere else outside of Sky, and he's not going to be as good because well, he's off the 
Bra- Braceford train. Yeah, I I'm actually super excited for it because I think it'll be really interesting to see what he can do on his own. And then him and Dan Martin, it'd be nice to see him team up with an American finally. Um, uh-huh. You know, <laughs> that's and, true. Have a. I feel like how many episodes do we need to bring back up these jokes before people are like, cause we might have a lot of new listeners are like Dan Martin. He's not American. Not American. Um, I mean, I, what team I'm trying to think of what team would actually doesn't have a GC guy to tick off. Maybe NTT because Mentes knows he's not going to the tour. Anyway, I was just going to say this, this has a, has the stink of a good Reese project all oh. over it. It's yeah no it's it's a perfect Reese project I mean it and he's, he if he goes to Reese he wins he wins the tour oh yeah everybody but, wins but this I mean what 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 else we got we got Ineos infighting this is great they have the last three tour champions mm-hmm. I mean maybe Wiggins can come back just to make it <laughs> even more oh, that'd be pretty glorious do you, wait uh, do you I mean he's not going to win I mean if he's already looking at another team. That's him throwing in the towel. But anyways, I know what team he's going to go to. And that is because he is going to join good friend of the pod from Team Sunweb, Michael Matthews, in Australia, to become the new team leader of Sunweb um, because they clearly need one. That's a good point, Timmy. So uh, let's get down to Michael and find out more about Chris Froome joining Team Sunweb. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, boys, here we are once again for another Prim Lap. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com for the brand new updated website from Spencer, and check out all of the great new shows. Two uh, shows of note that I want to pull out is that in the parts bin feed, we have a new Zwift podcast that was absolutely fantastic. It was surprisingly good. Like I, (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I need to listen to this. And then I put it on and I was like riveted all the way through. Like it was very, very good. It had Zach Schuster and friend of the pod KBH and mark from madison i'm trying to remember his uh, name but it was fantastic check it out the zwift radio pod it was awesome to see and then also special shout out to longtime wide angle podium member consummate athlete who continue to put out some great content and they have some wonderful um, promos they had a great co- what is a consummate athlete pod about 40 uh maybe what, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. It talks a little bit about what they are and what they're trying to accomplish, all their new uh, training and uh, yeah. investigative research in the cycling and endurance athlete world. So check it out. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. And we'd also like to thank our good friends once again at Works for the HydroShot Power Cleaner. Make your bike the cleanest bike in all of local cycling with the easiest power washer that you're ever going to have. Yep. Right amount of PSI, you attach it to a hose, you can attach it to a bucket, whatever it is. You clean your bikes, clean anything you want. It's the HydroShot Power Cleaner. Go to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code GEARUP. Do it. you got to clean stuff. I know I do. <laughs> Just trying to <laughs> yes, ride in the rain to catch you bozos. <laughs> That's right. 
All right, let's get back to the show. Here is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are, and it has been a minute since we've had a check-in for some of our listener emails, so I think we should right away get into that. Do and it. let's go straight to friend of the pod, Jesse Reentz, who emails us to say the women's Roubaix. I said the exact same thing when they announced it. I want it to happen, but they made the announcement knowing that they would probably not have to follow through. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. It is 100% true, especially when you consider... The Sunday that it is listed on, it is on the same day that the Tourmalet is on for the tour. It is also a day of, um, there's a couple of other big events. Isn't there another classics going on? God, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's so confusing. It's so, there's, there's like four, four big events on this Sunday and then women's Paris Bay. It's going to be great, except, you know, they're going to ASO it up. And <laughs> so, yeah, Jesse, we are with you. Um, yeah. So thanks for writing in and you can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be included and have your email read on the air, um, let's get to our next email. This one comes to us from a friend of the pod. Booker Bentz. Sorry, Booker. Uh, you should consider adding the grind duro to your list of bucket list rides. It seems right up your alley. The racing part is only about an hour of a longish day in the mountains. You can regroup after each segment and trash talk to your heart's content. Mm. By the way, while you can ride the California one on a gravel bike, it's a lot more fun on a light hardtail. <laughs> or should I say a flat bar diverge? Oh. Uh. The party after is also pretty amazing. P.S. If gravel races were 100% light dirt roads, a light version of the 90s mountain bike with a carbon fork would be ideal for the average rider. They mostly aren't. Most gravel races have a lot of pavement with enough gravel that 25 millimeter slicks make life difficult. Think Paris Roubaix, not Leadville. Yeah. I do Grand Euro. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I know that they were trying to um, expand it worldwide. I believe there was mm -hmm. one in Scotland. So I was kind of into that idea. Are, it's, so I'm assuming it's like enduro where there's timed events. Are the are the yeah. for my for my sake are the timed events downhill? <laughs> I believe they're like both directions. At least from from what I've seen, it seems like there'll be some more downhill ones, more uphill ones. There'll just be a couple segments within the within the whole route. Mm -hmm. So it's just a gravel race, and occasionally it's basically there's a Strava segment every ten miles. But you should, th there, there was a Ted King video about Grandero, whatever, last year, two years ago. It was good. He kind of broke it down in the right, in I the think. weird strategy of like uh, hitting it early, but not wasting all your energy to get to it early. So you have a clean run because then you got to deal with slow riders in your way. If you're Ted King and you're yeah. going like 45 miles an hour and then Super Rookie's going 20 miles an hour in front of you, yeah. elbows yeah. out and he's like, sport leader, sport leader, sport leader, and he can't get by you and then he My claim to fame is crashing out the entire pro peloton one by one at the Grinduro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I tried to crash a world champion and cross once. It didn't work. So one of us has to do it. Uh, email from Steve McClue. Best cycling top in my arsenal. Hey, guys, inspired by your Primal Wear podcast, I dug out this gem of mine. It's sunnier in Ireland just from breaking it out. Shades <laughs> on and out in the saddle today, fueled by the power of sunflower, corn, and cattle. 
Uh, Lockdown means I'm on the bike at home and within five kilometers of home, getting fitter and pining for BMX race season. Mm-hmm. I found you through the Mitch Dockers pod, hooked on listening for your take on bikes and relate to the various obsessions. Always sharp, regularly stupid, and plenty fun. <laughs> Keep up the great work from an 80s, ex-80s BMX racer, ex-90s mountain bike player, ex-2000s e-taper, e-tapper. I think that's Fondor. I don't know. And current any bike rider and 50-plus BMX racer. Wow. Cheers, Damn. Steve McClue. Can't shave, won't shave. <laughs> But try not to hold that against me. Okay, Steve, like, a lot here. There's a lot in there, but I liked it. Gentlemen, yeah. his this this top that he has, it's got a lot of sunflowers on it. It's got a lot of corn cobs. But I think to me it's the cow in the um in the diamond street sign. So it looks like a cow crossing yeah. sign for the and then on the front is just a barn. Um this is a classic it's only the best part about it is only a quarter zip. So uh, all the best ones you, are. Yeah, all the you best really got to struggle are. taking this one off. You know, <laughs> um, that is kind of the hardest thing about the quarter zip is you get home from a ride. Say you went out and did hill intervals in your system, New Jersey, the other day, and you get uh, home and you're tired and you're trying to get that thing off, and you have that little moment of struggle where you just kind of want to like flop down on the couch and just give up with the jersey halfway over your head. <laughs> yeah it's it's defeating <laughs> i uh i understand what you're saying and i have been there decades ago but uh, <laughs> yeah i haven't had to struggle with that one recently it was a little chilly in the system you is a little fleecy so it's Got perfect a little fleece yeah so i do like steve's given me some hope though because he is a bmxer he mm-hmm. claims a x eighties BMXer, so he was there during the you know hell track era in the heyday, <laughs> yeah. and then now the he's very, racing again. The very real and legitimate hell track era. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering if I uh, is he on a BMX cruiser? Because I'm planning on getting a BMX cruiser. That's that's coming. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a in a little bit. Really? But uh, anyway, so thanks for the email, Steve. Uh, fantastic. But Steve, your email was great. But your email is not the email of the week. That one goes to Stephen Gilbertoni with the subject line, One Gauge Plug Theory Explained. Okay. It was great to get called out on the pod while I was doing my early morning intervals, especially given the relevance of today's topic, embracing the post-Cat 3 master's dad life, which entails hard-hitting points like shave or don't shave. Shave, of course. I'm already in Stephen's corner here. (laughs) On to the key point of this message. Might I propose a theory that can be referred to as the number one gauge or hashtag gauge rage where gauge hacked Quinn Simmons put bling on a new trajectory. Plug earrings are definitely more arrow. The big red ass is secretly testing this theory in an undisclosed wind tunnel claiming 1.3 watts per kilogram improvement uh-huh. in a 40k TT. Uh-huh. If Bling wants to move up to the world move up the world tour rankings like Gage and Quinn, he needs to drop the diamond earrings and get gauged up. At which point we will refer to him as Gage Matthews. Uh-huh. Lastly, I'm willing to bring you guys into this new business venture. I'll be making and marketing carbon earplugs to meet the massive demand created by the notoriety of these three racers. Mm-hmm. Right now, my only investor is Choppers, Tattoo, and Piercing, but for a minor sponsorship fee, we'll be willing to give you top billing on Team One Gauge. This Ooh. has this is a great theory, mm-hmm. and I love the business venture idea because it is 
the perfect thing like to get sued by specialized about um, <laughs> where it's not like such a big, like it's definitely going to be infringing on their aero uh, technology, whatever they've been researching. Uh, and they'll, their lawyers will come after you for sure, but it's not uh, like it'll look ridiculous in the press. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, <laughs> it's a perfect balance here where we can settle out of court for an undisclosed sum. And, I'm- uh, I'm pretty good. sure our entire Slow Ride podcast business plan is to get sued by someone more famous than us. It's just not working yet, though. No. I, uh, the Lance documentary comes no. out in two weekends, so I, you know, we're hoping that's it. <laughs> On this specialized point, I had forgotten that they had spent, they had paid $700,000 to buy the Roubaix name. Because uh-huh. they had been, I was, this is a long story, but I won't go into it, but I was reading some business transactions in the bicycle world the other night. <laughs> Um, from a few years ago, and they had they had purchased that a couple years ago for seven hundred thousand dollars because they had been it just been on loan. The cafe up in Edmonton? No, no, no. They bought it from Fuji. Yeah, they Fuji bought it from Fuji. But because they, the cafe, they they sent a letter of cease and desist to the mm-hmm. cafe, and the cafe was like, uh and then Fuji's like, you can't do that. We're about to go bankrupt. We need as much money as possible. Well, yeah. I mean, that was part of the, the the when Fuji got sold off in the bankruptcy by it was like ASE yep. or somebody owned them. But yeah. Um, that's a lot of money, man. A lot of money. So, I gotta. We should just start writing things on bikes. Now, Spencer, as the only member of the Slow Ride podcast with, I believe, gauged ears. Uh, yeah. Are you like? Are you going to be cut? You know, do you feel this would help improve your climbing ability? Well, it's definitely lighter weight. Um, mm. You know, you get that your <laughs> material out of there and you replace it with carbon. I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe in this case, Specialized is thinking too small. Like they need to, they need to expand their off. What other body parts can we remove and replace with carbon? I'm yeah. thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking ribs. I'm thinking femurs. I'm thinking uh, any sort of extremities really at all. Um, you know, we can get sort of a, a T100 going, uh, <laughs> which is where we'd have to start before we get to the T1000. That will be, you know, a couple years down the line, probably at least. You are always better at TTs than me, Spencer. And I can only attribute it to the fact Don't even. that you got. Okay. I thought you were going to talk about aero bars. Oh, no. I was going to say it was the, Jesus. it was the, it was the plugs. It but, sense. um, yeah, it was also the fact that I didn't have aero bars because somebody dropped my <laughs> aero bars and never gave them back to me. <laughs> If you want me well, to go into it, Tim. <laughs> we'd like to thank Stephen for the awesome email. Reminder that you can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com for us to read your email on the air. We'd love it. You can also hashtag ask slow ride on both Twitter and Instagram. So cool. let's get into the next segment of choice, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You know, can One I of- just can I just say really quick that I appreciate how much our fans have also shifted uh, to embrace Michael Matthews as like a project that we can bring up, you know, through like, oh, uh-huh. he needs a little help now, you know, like, yeah. I feel like we've all been on this same trajectory, uh, you know, path with Michael. And uh, it's it's just, you know, a little heartwarming to see. We want to like him. Well, gentlemen, let's get into something a little bit more exciting. One of our all-time favorite segments that everyone likes to talk about Little guy's very own eBay watch list corner. Mm. It's where we go through some of the different things that we have on our eBay watch list and we talk about it. So I sent you guys 
my first eBay watch list um, in a while. So let me uh, start it right off. I am currently on eBay. I'm in a bit of a dilemma. Uh-huh. On there right now is a Panasonic TK4000 track frame. Now, yeah. what sets this track frame apart is that it is the exact same red and white fade track frame from 1984 that I had as a messenger in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It is currently, it's a 58 centimeters, what they're claiming, but that only has apparently a 56 top tube. Yeah. Slam that stem, it, man. It's for $365. Gentlemen. Like, I've already started priming it's, the pump. It's a deal. Was, you just, it's a deal. I've already talked to Sarah about, like, I mentioned it in passing that today. I was like, oh, man, I found that track bike uh, I used to own that I've always talked about. She's like, you've always talked about it? I'm like, yeah, you know the one I'm, I've always talked about that I want if I can find it. <laughs> like, do you even listen to my podcast? <laughs> one of these has not, you know, one of these has not been on sale on eBay, at least in the last year. Like uh-huh. this, I don't know if I'm going to get this opportunity again. You won't. I think you pulled the trigger on this. I think you ask for forgiveness later or you leave it in the trunk of the car for a while and uh, just pretend you had it the whole time. Can I tell you what's wrong with it though? It doesn't have the Panasonic decals on it. Now I don't have a, picture of my old track bike to see exactly like i have a couple of pictures that if you piece them together you can kind of see what the bike looked like uh-huh. there was a panasonic sticker that was on the down tube decal yeah, yeah. you could remake one and somebody yeah. will, somebody will print one of those off for you uh, so you guys think i should do it so i just got an email from email that said that the owner will accept offers so right now it's at 365 what should I offer them right now? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Two ninety. Two ninety. Yeah. Yep. Track bikes are cheap now, man. <laughs> I know it's amazing how cheap they are. All right, I'll, I'll go back to them with a two hundred ninety dollars offer. Here's a question: See, Is it NJS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because if it's not, I mean, I don't even know how you could, <laughs> could get it. I mean, the thing, the thing about eBay offers is that it's going to automatically decline it if it's below the threshold. So you want to go as low as possible. And if it gets auto rejected instantly, then you know, okay, I'm below the threshold and just work your way up till you get there. Like you don't want to go in at, you know, 360 because it will get accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to, you want to find that bottom. You know what I mean? I think you get like 10 offers or seven offers or something. So you got to be a little bit strategic, Tim, but you can, you know, you'll find that bottom. Okay. So it said your, or, your offer has been submitted. Cool. So it didn't automatically say no. So then you're probably within his like gray area of like automatically reject anything below, you know, 270 or whatever. I've never done an offer on eBay, so I didn't know that it automatically declines. It can, yeah. Um, you can set your low threshold and your, you know, your auto accept. If it's, you know, if you said 360, it would auto accept it. But if you're, there's a zone in the middle where the guy will review it and be like, yeah, okay. But so basically, if if you're above his auto decline, you're gonna be okay. Nobody so here's the next that. problem. Now I got to build this thing out. Do I go? No, you for do the not. gold. No bar and stem combo. No, no, it was bad ten years ago, and it's gonna be bad now. Do it's I go for the matching gold cranks? No, and then the the velocity gold rims. <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't even make those anymore. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, no. but it's like apparently they didn't make this, but this bike is from 1987. Apparently they, they don't make these anymore either. Well, no. But so what do I put on this bike? 
once I, I get it. I have a perfect. You need to put uh, a beautiful silver uh, chrome pair of Phil Wood track hubs because I know mm-hmm. never had them and they are the messenger gold standard. Yeah. Best track hubs in the world. Phil, Phil Woods laced up to some Mavic Open Pros. Oh, just, wow. This sounds mm, very specific. Just perfect. They could even have 28C Vittoria Corsa uh, control tires on them. I just happen to have some for sale. <laughs> Whoa. Amazing. How much? They would fit your bike perfectly. They are they are exactly how much you have uh, willing to spend on your wheel budget, actually. So it's perfect. I have about $100. They're... Um, Five times what your budget is, but you can pay in installments. <laughs> so here's here's the next question. As you guys remember my track bike, it was the Pride and Joy. Do I also, do I get that Whipper, was it a Whipperman chain? Remember my motorcycle chain that I had? Oh, that was yeah. Like, oh, God. You would, the thing was like, what, a quarter inch wide? Yeah, you don't It was need, like a BMX uh, half-link chain. It was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen on a track bike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you made a lot of mistakes on that bike. The bike itself... The frame set was great, but you definitely made some choices I would not have made. (laughs) I think that this frame, if I get it, may just hang in my office for a while. Like, this is going to be the lifetime project, but I think, yeah, I I think you, I think this frame, I'm going to give you, you need to take your time and do it right. Get, get the NJS cranks, get the NJS seat post, get all that stuff. Because you need to atone for a lot of sins. <laughs> I had that sweet, campy arrow seat post that really, I should have just gotten anodized because I did. That was my one <sighs> failure. Was everything was chrome on this, no. or everything was gold on this bike, and then I had a chrome seat post. That, that just was didn't the match. one thing that was good on that bike. <laughs> I can't believe you guys are hating on my my red and white bike with gold accents. I don't like the gold parts, man. I gotta say. Yeah, obviously. So, little guy, uh, do you have anything on your eBay watch list? Yeah, well, as you were talking about track bikes, I noticed there's a Russ Denny uh, like pursuit frame on. So, Spencer Is needs there? to relive his pursuing <laughs> glory days. Spencer, how many Russ, Russ Denny's did you have at one time? I think just two or three. I don't know. Yeah, uh, a red what, one and a blue one. Yeah, my road, my first ever road bike was a Russ Denny. It was the blue and yellow, um, and then I had the cross bike that was red. Did you have a yellow one? No. Um, I think I only had those two. So I got to say, the Rust Denny down tube, like the, or I don't know where the feather was with the, the Rust Denny like icon like of the, um, yeah. the logo, arguably one of the greatest identities on a bike. I love Very it. Very good. Yeah, good absolutely looking. love it. It's very good looking. Now they had the oval tubes. I remember Spencer had. Um, yeah. I met Russ Denny. I actually stayed in his RV at the uh, 2005 Track World Championships. Great guy, super nice. Yeah. But, so the Russ Denny is not on Spencer's builder. watch list. What's on your watch no. list, Spen- uh, little guy? Um. So I've been looking at um late '80s Haro Masters. As I ah, do. nice. And I will not be buying a late 80s Harrow Master. Mostly I speaking do this of, just to Speaking hurt, of 50 year old BMX guys. Well, yeah. Mostly crazy. I do this just to hurt myself because I owned an 89 in turquoise. Uh, it was mm-hmm. kind of my dream bike. And I bought it, mm-hmm. I think I was like 19. And, and I bought it for 300 bucks at that point, right? Because it was just, you know, it was 
12 years old or whatever. It's old. Yeah. So it was nothing. And, and it got stolen a couple years later out of my garage. And I was pretty bummed about it. But at that point, it was when I got I already got my first fixie. So I was like, I, was not, I didn't care about the BMX that much. So it hurt, but it didn't hurt that bad. Um, but it was my dream bike as a kid, for sure, because I had a mm-hmm. shredder. Not as cool. I'm watching one now. There's a few on occasionally. Right now, there's a an 87 in turquoise. And the starting price is, is a penny under $3,000. <laughs> and um, that hurts, man. Because uh, I could take – I don't – I mean, I've been fine not riding it. I'd take $3,000 right now. I wish I still had that bike. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough. Um, yeah, it definitely was one of the better um, stupid bike into finan- like quality financial purchases I ever made. And unfortunately, uh, so did the person who broke into our garage thought the same yeah. thing. Well, little guy, I mean, give yourself some solace. Don't beat yourself up too much because if it hadn't have gotten stolen, you certainly would have sold it to some other idiot for way too little money, and uh, you'd still be kicking yourself. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's uh, damn. It's such a cool bike, though, with the with the fold out frame standards on the fork and the like weird little dropouts. Um, I love that bike. So cool, and yeah, this one is also in lacrosse, and it's basically the same as mine. So I'm a little <laughs> I'm a little concerned that it might be mine because it's not that far away. This one's got different cranks on it. But I had the same cranks in silver, and this one's black, so I might, I don't know. Spencer, do you have anything on yours? I have uh, completely wiped my eBay watch list out. Uh, I hey, you just bought a bike. It was very long. I, I destroyed it. I had to take everything off because I cannot look at purchasing anything anymore after the uh, the new bike had joined the stable. So I am uh So a new trying- bike question. Wait, wait, wait uh-huh. what, when, where did you buy it? Uh, pros closet, pros closet. That's your jam. How was that experience? It was great. This is like the maybe fourth bike we bought bought from pros closet. Yeah. There maybe, uh, maybe you can come on the uh, slow ride review and do a little uh, review of the pro closet experience. Oh, that would be a good thing. Uh, it's actually on episode two, Tim. Um, okay. So have, so since we're in the middle of this climbing challenge, you got this new bike. I know it has discs. Have you yeah. weighed it? Does it weigh more? It weighs more than the time, I'm assuming, your old time. Oh, bike. no. Um, so how this all happened is, I mean, the Everesting Challenge started. And uh, you guys may notice I took a couple days after our official start list to actually yeah. do a ride. Because yes. I, I hadn't looked at my road bike in quite some time. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm on my and, B road uh, bike, so... Yeah, so the wheels that were on the road bike were just basically holding the frame off the ground. There, That's about all they were good for. Uh, they had been cross wheels and winter wheels and things for years. For years, there was no, nothing left to these wheels. They are trash. They are absolute garbage. And so I was hunting around and then discovered in the bowels of the basement some uh, Shimano 600 hubs laced up to Campy Atlanta 96 rims. Damn, which are zoot. Hi, amazing. Zoot. Yeah, so cool. Coolest things. I forgot I own them. They were in wheel bags in the back. It was great. And I threw them on the bike, worked perfect. It was great. But those things, well, beautiful. Uh, they weigh 
kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would yeah. be an understatement. So my first day of riding uh, this Everest challenge, I was like, well, gotta gotta have to bite the bullet. Gonna have to get some lightweight road wheels for this uh, for this time. It deserves it. It's put in the work. And you know how that rabbit hole goes with bike parts, right? Yeah. When you're sort of like, oh, I'm going to spend five, six hundred bucks on some wheels. You know, this is 10 speed. I should probably just upgrade it to 11 speed because, you know, and then you start doing the math and you're like, well, at this point, I should probably just buy a new bike. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that's that's crazy. I'm not going to buy a new bike, but let me just let me just see what's out there. Let me just see if there's any good deals. And um, lo and behold, Cervelo R3 was just sitting there. Just sitting there. Just <laughs> just sitting there with a huge price tag on it. <laughs> DI2, carbon how, wheels, disc brakes. It was everything. Uh, that's not worth disclosing. On this <laughs> I think we can all and imagine what it was. And that's why you don't have an eBay watch list anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I had to explode so, everything. Like that. I, even oh, non-bike related things I was interested in are just gone. They're it's a just, sharp looking bike. I like mm-hmm. the color of it. It's pretty yeah. good. It's white angle podium orange. I couldn't pass it up. It's, pretty, <laughs> it's very on brand. It's true. Um, the rest of my eBay watch list is full of Bianchi single speeds because uh, Spencer yeah. turned me onto those. Well, I mean, we've always been into those, but I know you got yours. If you uh, if you're interested in a pink one, that's your size. <laughs> I've got one for sale. I got a bike. I need to pay off. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that one. Um, and then. The other one is naturally anything with a Klein that is in that kind of 19 uh-huh. inch or 55, 57 size range. I'm always looking at. Yep. Okay. It so it's amazing how expensive Kleins are now. Well, it's not really. We've been we've been singing the praises of them. It's probably our fault partially, but yeah, you just so got new- you just got a Klein. So I, we haven't even talked about this. You finally received your Klein. Yeah, yeah. Have it's you still in a box? God, what is your do- wait? All right, so I, this is—I I don't know if you noticed, but I rode ten thousand feet on no, Saturday. I understand <laughs> like, that, but you—I cashed in all my bike time for the weekend. But you're you're sending you're sending us pictures of other clients while you have a client that you still haven't even unboxed. Well, I've got you know I, I unboxed it enough to take a picture of the logo and put it on the Instagram all account. Right. But um, yeah, I will be. I'm hoping to attack that in the next week or two as far as just kind of putting it together it is it is a little bit bigger so i'm gonna have to do some work to that one i, I think you really dig into this over the next couple of days Tim. <laughs> like just start working on this bike <laughs> yeah get into it really figure out mechanically what it's all about how it works um mm-hmm. all that stuff so i'm wondering what what the next brand is that we should go after maybe it is rust maybe it's dean i don't know it's not dean <laughs> i don't know if it's dean's a happy um, coincidence uh, about purchasing a new bike is mm. that happened that I was not expecting really is that I was getting very close to finally building up the squid that I bought last year and just painted. Yeah. And I finally finished the paint job and it was like just pressed in the headset and bottom bracket and stuff, but I hadn't really built it up. And like all those, that's all sunk cost. Like that's, you know, I just took forever to build it. <laughs> So that now I was able to buy another bike and I'm going to have two new bike days like within a couple weeks of each other and it's incredible. So I kind of like Tim's theory here of leaving the client in the box for a while mm-hmm. because he can sort of have that new bike experience whenever he wants it and sort of, uh, you know, really, really do it up. Mm. Well, 
That makes sense. So can I, I need some advice though, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm here for you. Don't do any more climbing. Uh, live on the podcast. Sarah doesn't listen to the podcast anymore, so it's fine. I think we're, we're in safe space. Live on the podcast. Yeah. I just put $290 to this person mm-hmm. on the band soundtrack. Like, <laughs> no, good. I accepted? Have, I have not heard back from them yet. Okay. So it's All not right. like a live reveal if they've accepted or not. Let's say they come back. It's like 320 and I get them at like a 320, 330, whatever. Yeah, I want yeah. this bike. Like I'm, I really want this. Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I justify this to Sarah? Do I hide this in the car for a while? Do I act like it's just there? Like, oh, you didn't notice this? Like I never sold it in the first place 15 years ago. <laughs> I think she's going to remember I that. sold this bike at least 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah at least. 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't even know why I sold it. I've talked about this on podcasts, multiple episodes. Why I even sold this book, I don't know. I have a chance to get it back. How about this? Have it shipped to your dad's house. Oh, yeah. Then have your dad ship it to you. And then it looks like, oh, Big Box showed up from Tim's dad. Oh, there's a bike frame inside. What a nice thing Tim's dad did for Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I like this idea. No one's the wiser. Yeah. Everyone wins. Dad's on board. He's going to look like a hero. You don't uh, have to do anything. I just have the feeling that I am going to be descending into some really weird bicycle forums to try to find the decals for this bike. I bet you can find them on eBay. There's a lot of decals on eBay. There's a lot of decal people. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys with uh, laser cutter printers or whatever who are just churning out Wait, stuff. Do you guys trust me to put a decal on a bike? Come on. No, no. I have to you, box this up and send it up to Spencer to put it on. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> definitely got to have somebody else put it on. But, I mean, you know, you can acquire the yeah. decals. Oh, anyway. Well, boys, 298 of these amazing episodes. I guess, theoretically, this would be the 300th episode because we did have the original original show the squeaky wheel podcast and then we had my stroke episode on 199.5 oh i suppose so okay that's two episodes right there like this really is the 300 but this is kind of the fake one so i think the uh i think the schwamigan episode is maybe unnumbered as well yeah there you go we got a few we might be over three it might be but we're still two on the official count we're two away yeah from the 300s episode slow slow ride podcast but this is tim in Orlando, Florida, where I hope this time next week, uh-huh. I am the def- reigning champion of the Slow Ride Podcast Everest Challenge. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for the intro and outro. We'd like to thank our friends over at Works for the HydroShot Power Cleaner. Head to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code GEARUP to save 15%. This is Matt in Minneapolis. I I'm gonna have a strong third week. Um, I feel good. I'm gonna make a. <laughs> I'm gonna go for it. You know, it's all or nothing, and um, mm-hmm. it's all I can do is take it day by day. You know, day by day. That's all I can do. Yeah. And I might even get my road bike out. You you know, Tim is the Tommy Vocler at the Tour de France, uh, yellow jersey edition mm-hmm. uh, of of this Everest challenge. He l- looks great for the first <laughs> week or two, and you kind of want him to do it, but you know he's not gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna cadel this. I'm going to try to win this, and then in a year from now, you guys will be like, who won that one? Was it Tim? God, he was so good in the beginning. <laughs> Spencer put in like a good play, and like I just don't know what happened. You'd be like, who won, uh, though? Who the hell won? <laughs> uh, and uh, this is Spencer in Boston, uh, where I will be just 
pounding out the uh, the elevation all week long because <laughs> I've got nothing better to do and no children at home. Uh, uh, damn you. So you guys enjoy it. And uh, I am reminding everyone to always wave at all your fellow cyclists so you see out on the road. Yeah, even if you're doing hill repeats. <laughs> I'm waving at the same dog walker many times. <laughs> yeah, I kept apologizing to these kids that were trying to play in the street <laughs> as I would like <laughs> descend past them and then come back and I'd be like, "Sorry, I'm only I got to do two more." <laughs> My stupid friends, you, you guys get it. My stupid coach wants me to do this. Yeah, <laughs> this is. Uh, I would suggest anybody uh, who has a couple of dumb friends to. To set up an Everest challenge with them because it's it's pretty it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. I gotta say, no, it's true. it's been miserable to my life. The amount like, how early I have to get up in the morning to do this. <laughs> I saw what Tim was doing and I was like, oh okay, with his live things, and I was like, he's gonna go out and get maybe six thousand six six five, you know, and then he turned in his thing and I was like, well, fuck me, I'm gonna <laughs> have to go out tomorrow and just turn it up again. Yeah. I wasn't even going to go out yesterday. I was just going to do that ride to the creek with a cargo bike where I got like 300 and then I had to go back out and get 1300 because I was like, I'm in a hole. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Searching for the stories outside of cycling, but still inside cycling? The Gravelot is a weekly interview series where we talk about our shared experiences in the cycling community and talk with people that we think you guys might be interested in. Absolutely. And the Gravelot is actually not always about gravel, but it is the place that is your local trailhead. It could be the meetup parking lot where you meet your friends. Or the post-ride watering hole. It's really the place where you sit down, share your stories, and talk about life. Yeah, and dive into the things that really matter to you on two wheels or beyond. The Gravelot has brand new episodes every single Thursday morning, along with a bi-weekly editorial column every other Tuesday. So check out the show, check out the beeline, and join the conversation and find out all you need to know about The Gravelot at thegravelot.com.